When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! He won! <laughs> but he did it! <laughs> yes! Yeah, boy! <laughs> yes! <sighs> Mate, that was amazing! <laughs> yes, thank you, guys and girls. It dominated. Woo! What? A race that was in Monza. The only one-two finish of the year, mind you. But enough dicking around. Klaus! We need to fire up. Come on, Klaus! Because, no, don't you dare speak out of turn, Klaus. No, 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 don't you dare say a word because we now need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that was captain of the school's kissing team. A man that has both set of reproductive organs. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Fermé show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, grip it with both hands because it's your main squeeze, Goldie, a.k.a. the Coldopotamus soaking up the sun next to the Olympic-sized infinity pool, of course, with the 159 million fans making their way into the pimp racing circuit. Looking very spectacular indeed. Only cost me $47 billion. Still paying it off, but we're getting there slowly. Look, please. If you can look under your seats, ladies and gentlemen, and if you happen to find my Fermi, well, you know what you need to do. Just park it on up in there. Oh, that's it. Oh, ow, ow, ow. Get tired. Because it is the Park It In My Fermi show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world, according to my mum. And she never lies. 
because we've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, love triangles, off-season banter, and more. Oh my lord. Episode 104 coming right at you hard and fast, but don't be soft and slow if you've missed out on the previous 103. Just head over to the greatest website ever created, parkinginmyfermate.com, and give them a cheeky little download, or better yet, look down at your podcast listening device and make sure you spank that subscribe and follow button like it was a long-lost lover. That way you get to be the first person in the world to hear my sexy, smooth, soothing sounds. And there ain't nothing wrong with getting down and dirty in the slot with the Cultipotamus each and every week. No, 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 no. Also, make sure you check out the socials at Parking in My Fair Bay on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Slide into those DMs. I'll catch you. You're not going to hurt yourself. But stop sending me dick pics, please. Stop it. Whew. So, boys and girls, what are we going to talk about on today's show? Well, we're going to look at who will be the standout star of the upcoming 2022 season. And we look at the top eight Grand Prix of all time in Formula One history. Oh my god, I am fired up, Klaus. So before we dive in head first, head first, what is she, my ex-girlfriend? <laughs> I'm asking you all, please change out of those clothes and into something a little more comfortable. Get those silk pimp robes out. Park it in my fairmate.com slash merch link in description, of course. Lather yourself in the essential oils from head to tippy toe. Light some candles, relax, and enjoy the show. He came into this race as a gladiator. He finds the checkered flag as a centurion. He wins the Russian Grand Prix. Get in there, Lewis. That's it, mate. That's the 100. Yeah, well reacted at the end there, Lewis. Beautiful drive, mate. Great effort, guys. <laughs> that was hard work, man. It's taken us a long time to get that 100. But so grateful for all of you, for all the work back in the factory. And here, thanks so much for not giving up on me. Well done, Lewis. Great job, man. Really well done. Fantastic call on the t- on the rain tires. Make sure you like the socials at Park It in My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's exactly what you need to do. What are you waiting for? Go give him a like. You can do it while listening to the podcast. I'll allow it. But I need you to focus up because we are on the Road! Oh my lord! Woo! Get ready to sing with me. Uh, uh. Three, two, one, go! On the road! Bahrain. Yep. Oh my god, it sounds so good! We are on the road to Bahrain, only about 155 more weeks to go, but we'll get there! We will get there. So fasten your seatbelts because we're going fast. We're on the road, baby. I'm feeling good, Klaus. I am feeling very, very good. Wearing my pimp shirt, drinking out of my pimp mug. Feeling very nice today because I did what I do every day. I wake up in my penthouse suite above the circuit here. I look out over the pit straight, over the 76 miles of perfectly leveled bitumen road here. Oh. Just, just picturing the cars. Can't wait till Formula One comes to the pimp racing circuit. We have all 172 million people filling the grandstands around the 70 mile set. Oh my God, it's going to be spectacular. 58 chicanes, 73 straights. I mean, and five starting grids. That's how, that's how big this circuit is. You can actually fit 700 cars on here. Oh, I am excited. 
But I did what I did every day. I got up, I looked out. Then I started lathering myself in oils from head to toe to keep the skin looking fresh. And I just stared at myself, glistening. I was butt naked in front of the mirror for three and a half hours, as I do every morning. You just stare at yourself. You're looking at that thing that God created, that body. Mm. Oh, oil, oiled up. Oh my God, it's one of my favorite things. Klaus, did you know that? It's one of my favorite things. In fact, I've got a, I've got a list of favorite things. You wanna hear them? You wanna hear what some of my favorite things are? Okay, I'll tell you. Get ready, because here are all of my favorite things. Carlos Sainz hair and George Russell's dimples Lando so young, this boy still has pimples Kelly P.K. starting up flings These are a few of my favourite things Danny Wick's package, the human tripod Hamilton scooting, listening to his iPod First Appen getting handsy with Mercedes wings these are a few of my favorite things. Emails from Toto explaining the rules. Mazepin squeeze tits as he drools. Bartas on the socials, no pants on his ding. These are a few of my favorite things. When my wife's home and she wants to cuddle, I say no and she's mad. I tell her I'm watching some Formula One And then I don't feel so bad Tracks in Miami, Spa and Monaco Albon is back and hopefully not so slow Checo in Baku, Red Bull gave him wings These are a few of my favorite things Carlos Sainz hair and George Russell's dimples Lando so young, this boy still has pimples Kelly P.K. starting up flings These are a few of my favourite things Danny Rick's package, the human tripod Hamilton scooting, listening to his iPod First Appen getting handsy with Mercedes wings these are a few of my favorite things When the wife's home and she wants to cuddle I say no and she's mad I tell her I'm watching some Formula One And then I don't feel so bad oh, I do not feel bad, not even a little bit, she knows! Mrs. Cordopotamus, she definitely knows when that Formula One is on, she needs to back the hell away. Or she needs to admire Big Dick Denny Rick like I do. And that brings us to our stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Ooh, so much stats, so many stats. 
I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man. And you know what, Klaus? That intro is not long enough. Five times longer next time because, speaking of five, did you know that there are only five drivers in 72 years that have taken a pole position, the race win, and the fastest lap in a title winning race? Only five times. It was Ascari back in 52, Fangio in 1957, Clark in 1965, Ayrton Senna in 1988, and most recently Max Verstappen 2021. It was also Senna and Verstappen's first driver's titles and both were powered by a Honda-powered car. <laughs> How's that for your stat of the week? Bada bada bee, bada bada He's a stat man! Ooh, that was a good stat. The yeah, best. Such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man! Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, is pretty cool. Yeah. All right, gather around. Uncle Cody's about to talk. Gather around, gather around. Do you guys remember the start of the 2021 season? Remember those first few races? In particular, Imola. There was a standout performance. And it wasn't Hamilton going off the track and then illegally, in my opinion, rejoining by reversing onto a live racetrack. It wasn't George Russell and Valtteri Bottas rubbing shoulders and getting a wee bit too close. It wasn't even Verstappen and his first win of the season. Hamilton's recovery, Lance Stroll's brakes catching on fire, or Kimi Raikkonen having a frustrating chat with his engineer. Take a listen to that. Oh, yellow where you are. Watch, yeah, watch what they bring. Yeah, yeah. I got sprayed with all kinds of It's gonna be Okay, Kimi, your safety car window is closed. Safety car, Odyssey, and work on your brakes and tires. And there is a lot of debris on the track. I know, because it just happened. I know. I know. My car is full of Oh no, we are checking the tire. Okay, well, I'm, I'm with you. Don't worry, we're checking. It was truly an action-packed weekend, but my biggest takeaway was none of those things. It was the emergence of Lando Norris in qualifying. He was on fire. Two thousandths off of pole position. That was until he lost the time due to breaching track limits. But the next few races saw a flurry of great Lando Norris performances. Let's just run through the first 10 performances of the 2021 season. He got a fourth, a third, a fifth, an eighth, another third, two fifths, and then another fifth, a third, and a fourth. Three podiums. That was from Bahrain through to Great Britain. An average finish of 4.5. We were talking about how Norris was going to to finish third in the Drivers' Championship. Well, the second half wasn't so pretty. He got one podium, a catastrophe in Sochi, an average finish of 8.54. But the point was, he was on fire. He was the next one stepping up. He was the one that was gonna take it to Hamilton, take it to Verstappen. And it's not in a Red Bull or a Mercedes. We were excited. Well, who's that person gonna be in 2022? 
Which driver is going to be the one that stands up, that grabs the brass ring, that takes charge and brings it to Hamilton and Verstappen? See, initially my thoughts went to George Russell, but I don't think he will. I think he will score a big bag of points this season, but he isn't going to step into the role and immediately make an impact. I could be wrong. After all, the weekend he replaced Hamilton at the Sarkia circuit two seasons ago was amazing. But he isn't the one getting my wood going. There's no blood flow. Not with his driving, at least. Give me more of those sexy instant picks. Yum, 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 yum. But he is a teammate. He is a Valtteri Bottas this season. He isn't someone that's going to rock the boat. Not initially, at least. Because a champion needs to have a bit of a... bit of a cuntish attitude about him. Look at Hamilton, Schumacher, Verstappen, Alonso, Vettel. All act like cunts when they're winning. It's a must. Russell doesn't have that about him. I genuinely want to take him home to my mother and introduce him as my lover. Because that's how cute, sweet, and innocent he is. What about Pierre Gasly? Mr. P6, if you don't mind. Love that position more than I love doggy style. But my bum hurts after a while when I'm doing it. Anyway, Gasly. He is dominating that car. That Alpha Tauri's his bitch. Extracting as much as he possibly can from it. But it won't ever be enough to consistently compete with the top-end teams. Don't get me wrong. I think he has a chance for another upset and maybe even a couple of podiums. But yeah, it's just not going to be any more than that. He's friend-zoned. He ain't going to be my lover. We're just going to be friends. And yes, I'll give you a handjob every now and then, but we're just friends. What about next on the list? Charles Leclerc. Jerk de Leclerc. Surely he's going to be the next big thing. We love him, but no, he isn't my pick either. Yes, he is so fucking talented, but a few too many errors for my liking. I have someone else in mind. <laughs> you better believe I have someone else in mind. Because there is one person, someone who took the title of Mr. Consistency from Perez from 2020, someone that's scoring points non-stop in a car that's improving and outshining his teammate despite not being the number one driver there. That man is smoother than my testicles. That man is Mr. Carlos Sainz. Oh, that's exactly what he is. Uh, smooth operator. Ooh, smooth operator. God, I want to make out there. Like, not in a gay way, but just like, want to kiss him on the lips with a bit of tongue. He has scored points in the last 15 races, three podiums, not to mention a second in Monaco earlier in the season. He finished fifth in the Drivers' Championship, and I can see him passing Perez in 2022. He's going to come in and really start putting the pressure on Perez. I think there is a good chance that he also beats Russell in a Mercedes as well. Do I think he's going to beat Max and Lewis? No, 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 no. Come on, guys, come on. But... Do I think he could be third in the World Drivers' Championship? Do I think he could get a couple of wins here or there? Yes, he certainly can. Because he's the... Smooth operator. That's exactly what he is. Uh, uh, yes. Just went from six to midnight. I am rock hard, baby. But I gotta ask you, what do you guys think? Is Carlos Sainz the next Lando Norris? The one we're hyping up 
so much. I think he'll be better than Lando this season. I think Ferrari have got their shit together. I, I don't know. They just raced so well in 2021. Now, was that because McLaren dropped off to focus on this year's car? I don't know. We will have to see what's happening. But do you guys think Carlos Sainz is going to be the next hyped man in Formula One? He's still young. He's still a very young boy. Let me know on the socials. Add Parker in my family, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. What a big first half that was. Klaus, though. Klaus? Klaus? What did you feed me earlier? Because I am not feeling good. I'm sweating. Did you give me food poisoning? Because you know what's about to happen. All right, you need to entertain the kids because i gotta got to run, uh, run to the loo just to... Uh, whew, explosive diarrhea. generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. Oh, thank you, voiceover man. Thank you, Klaus, again. Huge first half, done and dusted. I talked about my favourite things. We're hyping up the smooth operator Carlos signs for this season. But we've got a big second half too. Cody's rant. Oh, I'm pissed off. I'm fired up. We've also got the top eight Grand Prix in Formula One history. We're going to take you down memory lane and tell you which ones to check out if you haven't checked them out. But huge shows coming up where we start predicting everything that's going to happen in the 2022 season. Also, next episode. Next episode, huge sponsor announcement for the show too. So make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe and follow button because you don't want to miss out on the big giveaways we're going to give to our many, many millions of fans in the circuit today and listening around the world. Woo! I'm fired up, Klaus. How are you going? You fired up? You fired up, Klaus? Fade me out. you got to fade me out now. That's it. That's it, baby. That's it. And the music. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Exactly. What are you waiting for? Go like those socials. You know where they are. You know where they are, and everybody needs to fire up because we are on the road. I am ready to go. So excited. Preseason testing just around the corner. Woo! Fire up, Klaus. Bahrain. Exactly where we're heading off to. We got preseason testing coming up very, very shortly, so we can get fired up because race one of the calendar. Yes, it's still a month and a half away, but I am ready to go. We're on the road, baby. Woo! So fired up, but you know what else gets me fired up? Injustice. Yes, when you guys give me the shits, and now it's time for Cody's rants. I have contained my rage for as long as possible, but I shall unleash my fury upon you like the crashing of a thousand waves! You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, 
You're gonna hear about it. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Oh my god! He's gonna blow! up yes explosion hurry up and end because i need to talk about something okay i'm gonna talk about something that's really starting to piss me off and i know that my fans wouldn't do this shit all right i i listen to some other podcasts not gonna name them and they keep saying the same thing over and over i'm gonna get into it i'll get into it because this is what pissed me off all right let's give an example years ago when lebron james first left cleveland he went to miami and he left Cleveland because, you know, it was Cleveland. Who, who the fuck wants to live in Cleveland? All right, over Miami? Yeah. Their owner also really sucked. They were horrible the next year. They lost 23 games in a row. The worst record in the NBA. And it eventually left them with the number one pick. And they drafted Kyrie Irving. But the discussion that we're, they were actually having during that season, during that losing stretch was could the number one college team in the country, could that college team beat the woeful Cleveland Cavaliers team? Are you fucking kidding me? That is the dumbest fucking question I've ever heard in my fucking life. Oh, but but wait a minute, Cody. The college team has like five players that will go to the NBA in the first round next year. They're, they're all going to be great. Yeah, okay, dickwad. But you know what team has a full team of NBA players? The NBA team that they are going to be facing. The team of men that are in their 20s and 30s that don't want to lose to a bunch of bratty 19 and 20 year olds. There wouldn't be a fucking chance in hell that the college team would beat the worst professional team. And that's a fact. Brian Scalabrini. We all love to make fun of him. But have you seen the footage online of him just going down to the local gym? challenging all these people that hate on him to one-on-one and he pants them absolutely destroyed them we forget he's still an athlete these people are athletes elite athletes that have made it to the top of their sport to the number one league so what does this have to do with formula one well look it's not the 50s and 60s anymore in Formula One. Back then it appeared you could rock up and just get a gig as a driver. Really, it's, it's like track day. You bring a car, you just go on the circuit, you might win a Grand Prix. But it's not like that now. These drivers go through years and years and years of training to get a shot at Formula One. Yes, some of them have some assistance by paying their way to a seat. But at the end of the day, the driver still needs to be good enough to drive. We give Nikita Mazepin so much grief because he is the titty squeezing daddy's boy that has no business being in formula one because you're a rich boy that, and you klaus. know you can't drive and it doesn't really matter anyway rich boy you, you can, can rely on your old man's money you can rely on your old man's money but does he have business being in formula one 
Just because he finished 21st out of the 20 drivers last year, yes, I said that sentence correctly. He finished 21st out of the 20 drivers in last year's championship. It doesn't mean the guy can't drive. People forget that in order to be a Formula 1 driver, you need to get a super license. People forget that with Formula 2 there, now must be these drivers that have been racing in legitimate competitions against other great drivers to fight for these spots. It's no longer just rocking up. Oh, I know someone that knows someone. They're going to give me an opportunity. It's not that. So I don't want to hear it anymore from anyone, from these other podcasters, from these idiots online. All Formula One drivers are elite. All 20 on the grid at the moment can drive better than you and me and Klaus and anyone else you know. Are there some better Formula 2 drivers and reserve drivers there? Yeah, probably. But that doesn't mean that the drivers in Formula 1 are rubbish. They all have a spot there and deserve a drive. People forget that Nikita Mazepin, the amount of grief that he gets, he still is a two-time race winner in Formula 2. Your precious Mick Schumacher, he's only won three times. One Yuzo, yeah, he's won five times. Oh, what about Lando Norris? Not, not my little Lando Norris, your beloved Lando. He's only won once in Formula 2 and zero times in Formula 1. Right now, Nikita Mazepin has more race victories than Lando Norris in Formula 2 and Formula 1 combined. But we all want to talk him up as the future great of the sport. Lando Norris is the great. So what I'm basically saying is this. Stop giving Mazepin shit for not being a great driver. He is a great driver. He has to be. Because no amount of money in the world can buy him the seat if he wasn't able to drive a Formula 1 car. All F1 drivers are elite. All F1 drivers deserve the opportunity. If you want to give Mazepin shit, give him shit for squeezing that girl's titties and posting on his own social media. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my life. Rant over. Oh, Klaus, I have fired up. I was just giving it to him. That was cool. He's rant. I was just letting him have it. And you know why I'm still able to continue on though? Because I've looked good. And when you look good, you feel good. And why do I look good, Klaus? Because I'm wearing that latest pimp merch. I've got myself the silk robe. I've got myself the throwback retro edition t-shirt as well. I'm drinking out of my pimp mug. Because I want to represent the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. And you know why? I've given you all these opportunities to buy this stuff. You know why I put so many different products up on the merch store? You know why? That's that's exactly right. We give the people what they want. Oh, you're worried about the shipping costs. Klaus, I don't know about the shipping deal I've done. Well, okay, how about this? Free shipping worldwide. You know why I've done that? Quick fire, baby. Yeah. We give the people what they want. That's it. Free shipping worldwide. Oh, you still think the prices are too high? Ungrateful sons of bitches. You think the prices are still too high? How about I do this deal for you? Because you are my podcast listeners, my muffins. The, the smartest, best-looking people in the entire world. How about I give you a further 5% off? Use Podcast Exclusive 5 in the checkout. Link in description there. 5% off your total order. Yeah? Oh, you want more? All right. Join up. In the Patreon, Legends Club members get another 20% on top of that. I'm losing money on this deal here. I'm losing money. But I do it for you guys because... That's exactly right. Ow. We give the people what they want. Well, well, well. All right, boys and girls, we got a little bit of a treat for you this week. Because 
We haven't got a race happening. We haven't got any news. There's no testings. Deliveries aren't out yet. You can only speculate. I'm going to do some lists. I like doing lists. My top 10, my top 8, my greatest of all time. Mount Rushmore of drivers. We've done them all before. We'll do them all again. But right now, you know, we haven't done gone through the greatest Grand Prix races of all time. This is my list, and when I make a list, it is definitive. So this is the official eight greatest Grand Prix of all time. Now look, uh, most of these within the last 30 years, yeah, because that's what I've watched and that's what I know. All right? But there is some controversy. You're not going to like number one. You probably won't. You're definitely not going to like the order they're in. But let's just go through them. Let's just have a little look. All right. Number eight, the 2011 Chinese Grand Prix. What? What? It was a 56-lap race won by McLaren driver Sir Lewis Hamilton after starting from third on the grid. Amazing start by him. Also becoming the first ever multiple winner of the Chinese Grand Prix. Seb Vettel finished second. He was horrendous off the line for Red Bull Racing, having started from pole position and teammate Mark Webber. All right, my boy, my Marky boy. He completed that podium in third place, having started 18th. 18th. I love this race. I think it really showed that Mark Webber was still able to hang with the big boys and wasn't dropping off the pace at all. I remember staying up late and watching this one live. It was just a fun race with lots of good hard racing, good overtaking and defending. Check out the full race on YouTube if you have the chance. But the main moment of the race was when Jensen Button peels off into the pits with Sebastian Vettel. They were, they were coming in, one, two. And then Jensen Button stops at the Red Bull pit team instead of his own. It really unraveled his race because Vettel was able to get past him out of the pits and it wasn't long before Hamilton was able to pass Button as well and then Webber got him too. So really, it fucked him. But that's coming in at number eight. That's the Chinese Grand Prix 2011. Check it out. They're only going to get better from here because, oh, this one's a goodie. I mean, they're all going to be goodies, but this one, because I love... I love the feeling you get when you're just reliving the highlights of this one. I, I watched it again a couple of days ago. But coming in at number seven, the 2019 German Grand Prix. <laughs> one of the funniest Grand Prix of all time. Mercedes decided to play dress up this weekend and there was nothing funnier than watching Toto Wolf chuck a tantrum, a little bit of a tanty, while wearing a period piece of outfit and sporting a different livery to celebrate Mercedes' 125th year in motorsport and 200th F1 start. The race was won by Max Verstappen. He spoiled the party after starting second in dramatic fashion on a very, very, very wet circuit. Pole sitter Lewis Hamilton led the race until lap 27 when he crashed behind the safety car, losing the lead and his front wing as well as receiving a penalty for entering the pit lane on the wrong side of the safety bollard. Whilst behind the final safety car, Daniel Kvyat and Lance Stroll switched to dry tyres before anyone else, allowing them to finish an unexpected third and fourth respectively. Take a listen to some of the action unfold. It is fireworks and flames for Max Verstappen, the winner of the German Grand Prix, Sebastian Vettel from 20th to second, and keep the applause going for Danny Kvyat, a third podium in 
Mercedes celebrated at their home race. And in the end, Toro Rosso, Ferrari and Red Bull stops the juggernauts that was Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. They didn't score. Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel and Danny Kriat were there to pick up the pieces. And everybody has a massive smile on their faces at the Hockenheim ring. What a race that was. Turns out the best Mercedes on the day was probably that safety car. Coming in now at number six. What did we just do? What did we just do? It is a recent one again. The 2020 season. Well, look, the 2020 season was a fucking shit show. No idea how they actually got a season together, but there was a lot of chaos. Gasly started the race in 10th, but he gained positions due to well-timed pit stop prior to the safety car that was sent out to retrieve the broken mess of Kevin Magnussen. Lewis Hamilton, who led the race until this point, was given a penalty for entering the pit lane when it was closed. Lewis, you can't do that. Passing the lead to Gasly, who defended from McLaren's Carlos Sainz. Oh, the smooth aberration. Not going to play it again. In the closing stages of the race, Racing Point's Lance Stroll completed the podium. Take a listen to it all unfold and that final radio message. 2020 Monza, bring it on! It is last lap shenanigans here at Monza. And whilst the engine mode regulations mean that things have to stay the same between qualifying and the race, when it comes to the last lap, you can dump as much electrical energy as you want to give you more pace. And good power then, good traction now there for Gasly. But we've got DRS on board the McLaren as we are at the moment. It'll be very close, but I doubt close enough. So it's going to be a slipstream then down to Parabolic and off the last corner. But the Alpha Tauri's got great traction. Pierre Gasly is in front for the Alpha Tauri team that won here as Toro Rosso, and they are going to win in 2020 as Alpha Tauri. Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix. Oh my, oh my, is that just wonderful? Carlos Sainz comes home for second place, and what a great fight he gave. Lance Stroll completes the podium places. David beats Goliath. What a great day for Formula One this is. Yep, for Mercedes today, uh, the race was just a bit ghastly. Uh, for the winner, it was just pure ghastly. Well done, Pierre. The Italian Grand Prix, it's a home win for Alfa Tauri. Coming in at number five. Well, well, well. 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix. Fancy seeing you here. Look. The Brazilian Grand Prix in 2008 was famous for the final lap. I've given Hamilton so much shit in the last two races on this list. Two penalties for entering the pit lane when he shouldn't have uh, in an improper manner. Let's, uh, let's praise him. Hamilton needed to finish fifth or higher to win the championship. His first championship in Formula 1. Otherwise, a massive win in his home race will also secure that championship. Look, it was absolute scenes as Hamilton was sitting in P6 as Massa wins the race. Until this. Now, I must warn you, if you are a Brazilian or Massa fan, it's going to hurt. If you're a Hamilton fan, I'll give you another 10 seconds to go get some tissues and lube because you are going to enjoy this. Take a listen to the call. It's if, not raining heavily enough yet. If it doesn't rain, Hamilton's not going to get the world championship. Well, Hamilton's still fifth. He's got Vettel behind him. 1.2. Actually, Glock has passed him. And he's eight and a half seconds behind Glock. Critically then, Hamilton's got to keep Vettel behind him now. 
three to go in what has been a truly dramatic world championship. Hamilton's got a bunch of traffic in ahead of him. Kubis has unlapped he's himself. He's down. He's unlapping himself. He would argue he's entitled to do that. Hamilton lets him through. So uh, he's got oh, grip, no, but Hamilton's lost it. Oh my goodness me, Vettel's taken the place, and that could cost Hamilton the world championship. Oh, it's now raining hard, and that means Glock is going to be in trouble. He's in fourth place, and with just two laps to go, the question now is can Timo Glock in the Toyota keep it on the island? And the championship is slipping away from Lewis Hamilton. We're expecting Massa any time now. He comes through to claim his sixth victory of the season. He has done everything he needed to do. And we wait now to find out who will be the world champion of 2008. Can Hamilton do anything? Can he run it up the inside of Vettel? Only a few corners to go now. And desperation starts to creep in for Lewis Hamilton. Raikkonen's third. And that's, is that Glock? Is that Glock going slowly? It is, that's it's Glock. Glock! Oh my goodness me, Hamilton's back in position again. A million, a hundred thousand local hearts sink in the grandstands. It's handed the place back to Hamilton. He comes through and I'm absolutely right. I'm sure that he is going to claim fifth place, which is all he needs to do to become yes. the 2008 Formula One world champion, Lewis Hamilton, and you will well, the, the Ferrari boys are celebrating, but they, they both they, they both won, think they won it, but are Ferrari wrong. are wrong. They're absolutely no, wrong. wrong. Hamilton's guys. finished Glock. fifth. You will never see a more dramatic conclusion to any motor race, let alone a Grand Prix than that. And the result of it all is that Lewis Hamilton is the world champion. Unbelievable. Guys, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. That was so freaking close. But you guys did a fantastic job all season, and you deserved it. So this is for you and to my family. Thank you for all the support of me and believing in me. You're the best. What well, I can only say is a very good job. Well done, son. Very, very proud of you. I'm so proud of you anyway. I would have been even wrong with the tendency, but anyway, thank you. Hats off to Felipe Massa. That is sporting dignity. He deserved it just as much as Hamilton did. Timo Glock? Timo Glock cocked it up? The Glock cock? It was heartbreak seeing the Massa faithfuls. All their faces change as Nicole Schwarzenberger goes insane as Hamilton claimed his first Drivers' World Championship. But it certainly was one of the greatest Grand Prix of all time. And there's nothing wrong with a championship coming down to the final corners on the final lap of the final race of the season, is there? Coming in at number four. Now, everyone has this on the list. It is the 1998 Belgium Grand Prix. Absolute carnage there. That's the best way to describe this Grand Prix. It's an instant classic with an opening lap that saw 13 cars come together off the start when David Coulthard lost control. They cleared the track and did a race restart. But again, on lap one, there was another crash. Not to mention Irvine, Schumacher, Fisichella, all crashing out. Michael Schumacher trying to get past a backmarker. I think it might have been Coulthard, actually. And due to poor visibility, he ended up colliding into the back of him. But what was amazing with this, all right, it all sounds fairly standard so far, but what was amazing with this was the aftermath. The footage of Michael Schumacher storming down the pit lane to confront them. Oh, my Lord. Take a listen to all that unfold. Coulthard struggling around his McLaren, just not happy at all in these conditions for whatever reason. 
and uh, the, we've seen the Ferrari team boss walking down the pit lane. And let us not forget that David Coulthard in these appalling conditions. Oh God! Michael Schumacher hits David Coulthard and is out of the Belgian Grand Prix. Maybe he should have been a bit more circumspect about trying to pass him, but he is out. And Mika Hakkinen, in the nicest possible way, will be delighted. The World Championship situation is now the same as it was when the Belgian Grand Prix started, and Damon Hill is in the lead. Yes, I, I think they probably just radioed to David to say, let him through, he's behind you, let him through. David lifts off and Shumi doesn't realise and runs into the back of him. The two Jordans are first and second. Ralph Schumacher just 10 seconds. Look, David's pulled over to one side, lifted off and Michael clearly couldn't see. Well, what an incredible development. Now, what is he up to? He's storming down the pit lane, presumably to go... Oh, look at him, look at him. He's, he's saying, I'm going to the stewards. He's, James, James, can you, can you enlighten us? He's going to Coulthard. He's going to have it out with David Coulthard. This is a bit like Nigel Mansell and Ayrton Senna at that Belgian Grand Prix when Nigel got him by the throat. James, what's the news? Unbelievable altercation, as you say. Jean Touch there, he's dragged his driver away. Michael is absolutely furious. Damon Hill went on to win the race, one of the most entertaining races there ever was and very deserving of being number four on our list of greatest race all time. But we're moving on to number three, the 1994 Australian Grand Prix in Adelaide was one of the most memorable races in Formula 1 history because of the controversy surrounding it. The race is remembered not just because it was the closing race of the season of one of the more tragic seasons in the history of the sport with the loss of Ayrton Senna and Roland Ratzenberger earlier that year at Imola. Also, for an incident involving two title contenders, Damon Hill and Michael Schumacher, which forced both to retire and resulted in Schumacher winning the World Drivers' Championship. It was an incredible scene as Schumacher saw Hill coming up. Coming up him on the inside and decide to close that gap. Oh, he went for that gap. Schumacher said, no, 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 no. And as a result, the two came together, but Hill was able to continue briefly before also needing to retire. Take a listen to the call. And an interesting strategy there, I think, from the Ferrari team with Berger. He's pitted on lap 35. This is an 81-lap race, therefore he was not far off half distance. Now, that could well have meant that uh, it looks as if he's making just one stop in this race, and that may be possible, but frankly, I don't think he was in the pits for long enough. I think what Berger did, and uh, that looks, Schumacher's off. Schumacher's lost time. Yeah. Hill goes by. Oh, out, out goes Schumacher. The German is out of the Australian Grand Prix and Damon Hill only has to keep going to be world champion of 1994. But can he keep going? Because he hit Schumacher's car. And if Damon Hill has to retire and you see smoke pouring off the wheel, that will mean that Schumacher will be world champion. What an incredible development. Schumacher gets underneath the protective barrier now let's you can see Damon Hill's right front wheel is canting right over he's got a puncture in the left front left yes and I think hopefully no he's bent his wishbone as well we can see it on the onboard camera there he's got a bent left front suspension but what the what needs to happen now clearly Schumacher is out the question is can they repair Hill's car can he get out and can he get into the top six and get a point or get two points in fact he needs a fifth but it's not looking good this we didn't see what happened I'd like to see here we are now that we are in the Wakefield Schumacher turns into the left he's turning into the left he gets two sideways he goes off Schumacher's made the mistake he hits the wall he's damaged his own car 
and then he comes back to the left and then he blocks the inside on the right. He, Damon is coming in. Now that's bad from Schumacher. Schumacher should have known his car was damaged. Damon had the line. I'm afraid that is a fundamental mistake, I believe, from Michael Schumacher at a real moment of crisis. And there will be people, of course, who say, as we see this replay of Schumacher going into the wall, that that was a desperate maneuver by Schumacher to stop Damon Hill winning the championship. Into the wall he goes. Now, the question is, can Damon Hill get in and have his car repaired? You see the front left wheel is locked up. Now, Nigel Mansell is going to go through in the lead, but he was 54 seconds behind the leaders. Damon, obviously, extremely worried. The question is, how long is it going to take them to repair whatever damage there was? You see he's been in the pits for about 16 seconds now. And Mansell has gone through, Berger has gone through, Alacy has gone through, Hakkinen has gone through. And Patrick Head there is looking at that left front wishbone, Hill shaking his head. He knows in his heart of hearts that it is all over. And it really is not his fault. I mean, one kind of suggested that perhaps he shouldn't have gone for the inside. But really, I'm afraid, Schumacher should have known that at that point that he'd hit the wall hard enough that uh, he would have damaged it. There is the problem. You see that wishbone? The left rear link of the wishbone there is bent. And uh, I'm afraid there is no way they're going to change that in time or do anything about it to strengthen it for Damon Hill to get out. I really cannot see it. What a desperate, desperate shame. Schumacher was blamed for the incident by many Formula One insiders after investigations. However, the race stewards judged it was just a racing incident and took no further action against Schumacher. Schumacher, at the age of 25, was Germany's first Formula One World Drivers' Champion that year. But under highly controversial circumstances, Schumacher has always maintained that this collision was just a racing incident. A view that met with a large degree of media cynicism, particularly in the UK, it's one of the rare occasions I agree with Damon Hill. He got fucked over. Because most of the time, though, he is a grumpy asshole, Damon Hill, and I can't stand him. But this was a rare occasion he got fucked over. Anyway, moving on, we got number two. The 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. You can't tell yourself that you're a Formula One fan and not know about this race. It was incredible with battles, crashes, weather impact, tires, all up and down the grid for all 70 laps. It saw Weber get taken out and have him climb back up to third, just beating Michael Schumacher. It had Vettel running wide in his Red Bull on the final lap that allowed Button to pass him after about a bajillion pit stops. Well, really, it was five pit stops and a drive-through penalty. He managed to fucking win that race. Massa takes sixth off Kobayashi on the line, and I mean on the line. And Kobayashi didn't crash into anyone. What a fucking race. Here's a list of the accomplishments from that race. With a total time of 4 hours, 4 minutes and 39 seconds, that's including the 2-hour red flag period, the race was the longest in Formula 1 history. Button sets a record for the lowest average race winning speed of 74.86 kilometers per hour, 46.5 miles per hour, and with 5 stops plus 1 drive-through penalty, the most pit stops by a winner of a world championship race. The race also had the highest number of safety car deployments with six appearances. Oh my gosh, take a listen to the excitement on the final moments of the race. Jensen Button driving for his life, driving for the victory. Has Vettel got what it takes to hold him off? I think Vettel's got weight. Yeah, he's got weight. He turned in too late. He got the tyres. Button leads the Grand Prix. Sebastian Vettel turned in with his tyres just touching the waters. The final lap of the Grand Prix. 
and Jensen Button after an awful afternoon with so many things going wrong for him leads this amazing Canadian Grand Prix Jensen Button into the pit straight he wins a brilliant race it's a sensational drive for Button what a victory and Vettel limps home in second place he will be angry with himself it's unlike him and Weber then will be the second Red Bull on the podium only just ahead of Michael Schumacher look at that Schumacher Sadly, I have to say, does not get on the podium, but still a brilliant fourth. And we've got uh, Massa and Kobayashi still fighting then over sixth and seventh places. He'll get the run off the corner, but he's got his DRS. Has he got enough with Kers? Is he going to do it? He does indeed, by the looks of it. He got over there yes. just in front of Kobayashi. That's up sixth place. Yeah, well spotted, David. Massa then takes sixth, literally. <laughs> Doesn't on make the, the next line. corner. Surely one of the finest races of his life and the best Grand Prix of his spectacular career. A well-earned drink of the winner's champagne. And coming in at number one, controversial decision, I know. I want to put in there the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Look, it is controversial. I know it is. But the most recent race in Formula One is number one on this list. What made it was the drama. The defensive driving, the attacks, the qualifying, the story leading into it, the controversial non-penalty on the first lap, and then the final lap after the safety car debacle, it really had it all. That led to this very moment. Take a listen to this last lap. And lapped cars will not be allowed to overtake. Not mandatory in the regulations, which leaves Verstappen with a lot of work to do then. Lap cars will not be allowed to overtake. Yeah, of course. Typical decision. It's classic. Oh, that's surprise. <laughs> why, why aren't we getting these lap cars out of the way? Just give me, well, because Christian, just give me a second. Okay, my main big one is to get this uh, incident clear. This is the safety car coming in this lap. We think it should do, could do. Lapped cars uh, to overtake the safety car. Uh, so Norris and Alonso and Ocon and Leclerc and Vettel to and overtake it. And it's, it's ending. Wow. So uh, there's confusion, but the safety car is coming in at the end of this lap. So they, those back markers allowed to overtake the safety car. Michael, this isn't right. It has left Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen side by side. Hamilton will be ahead. Verstappen is absolutely desperate to get on with this on that soft compound tyre. We're going to have one lap of racing to decide the championship in 2021. Hamilton has the advantage. Verstappen has the faster, fresher tyres. And we have got 3.2 miles of racing action all the way to the chequered flag as the crowd roar the drivers on to the final lap of this race. And Verstappen sets after Hamilton. Is it going to be a first world championship for Verstappen? Is it going to be an eighth world championship for Lewis Hamilton? Where can Verstappen try and get past Hamilton? First overtaking zone is normally down in the turn five. Is Verstappen far enough back? He's going to make the lunge down the inside. Hamilton sees him coming. It's a late lunge by Verstappen who takes the lead of the race. Verstappen now snatches the championship trophy from Lewis Hamilton, who's trying to fight back. No DRS for two laps, so Lewis Hamilton will not get the rear wing open. He's now he's to... going to go down the outside. If Verstappen keeps it tight and neat, but he hasn't, he's gone a little bit wide. 
this race that started with controversy is ending with controversy. No, Michael, no, no, Michael, that was so not right. Here comes Lewis Hamilton, though, down the back straight. He's got a slipstream. He almost touches Verstappen. They almost make contact into turn nine. Verstappen stays ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Of all the drama, of all the controversy, of all the magic moments in Formula One in 2021, it comes down to this. And at this moment, it looks like it's going to go the way of Max Verstappen. Mercedes not happy. Red Bull will be delighted. They have shared a brilliant championship battle, but the championship can only be won by one. And it's going Dutch in 2021. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Lewis Hamilton finishes in second place after leading for so, so long. Oh, my Lord, Max! Oh, my God! The bubbles and the sparkly stuff to celebrate as a Formula One World Championship for the first time. The chapter has ended. I hope you stayed right until the end. And if it was worthwhile, well, don't forget the sequels coming our way in 2022 in 98 days' time. Just enough time for Verstappen and Red Bull to celebrate a championship under the lights in Abu Dhabi. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the top eight greatest races in Formula One history. Number eight, 2011 Chinese Grand Prix. Number seven, 2019 German Grand Prix. Number six, 2020 Monza. Number five, 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix. Number four, 1998 Belgium Grand Prix. Number three is the 94 Australian Grand Prix. Number two, the 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. And the number one race of all time in Formula One. Sorry, Hamilton fans, but it was. The 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It had everything. What do you guys think? Let me know. Controversial, I know. But slide into those DMs and hit me up. At Parker, my firm, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Did I get it right? How far off was I? What order would you have them in? Let me know. I need to know. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 104. But don't be sad. We'll be back next week, baby. Episode 105. Oh, it's going to be massive. So make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listening device. Go to the website, parkingbyfermate.com to download any of the old episodes that you may have missed out on. Visit the merch store. Buy yourself something pretty. You deserve it. Valentine's Day is coming up. You want those silk robes, baby? You want to look good. Discount codes in description as well. And if you want further discount, support the channel through the Patreon. Patreon.com slash piff. Link in description. Head on over. Sign up to be a legend in the Legends Club. You can see them up there. Penthouse Suite, our legends, chilling out, drinking non-stop double Midoris on ice. They're grabbing themselves a nice few drinks. They're looking really good at the moment. That is Austin, queen of the Legends Club, and their newest member, Caleb, enjoying himself, having a very nice time up there. So sign up. Get further discounts. Get your shout-outs in the show. But, guys, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.